All right, good morning, everybody. It's so good to have you with me today here in Houston, Texas at the Digital Cathedral. I always look forward to Sunday morning and spending some time with you as we get into God's Word together. I want to start today over in Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, if you have your Bible, uh, if you're watching on your computer, maybe your phone has a Bible app on it. Anyway, let's go over to Luke chapter 17. If you don't have your Bible, I'll read it for you in just a minute. While you're turning over to Luke chapter 17, let me quote to you Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1, I want to read this out of the CEV. I, it caught my eye this week out of the CEV, and it fit well with what, where I want to go this morning. So let me read Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1 out of the CEV, then we'll go over to, to Luke chapter 17 in just a minute. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1 says, We must try to become mature and start thinking about more than just the basic things we were taught about Christ. Isn't that good? Let me read that again for you. It says, we must try to become mature. There's some effort that we have to put into this, this walk of maturity. That's what we're all about here at the Digital Cathedral and Wednesday Night Live. We're all about bringing the saints into maturity. The fivefold ministry have an obligation, and it's to bring us to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And I hope that you're stretching enough uh, that you're gonna, we're going to hit that target uh, in this generation. We must try to become mature and start thinking about more than just the basic things we've been taught about Christ. Now, if you've been with me over the last uh, several weeks, five or six weeks uh, on Sunday morning, or you've looked, watched the YouTubes during the week, you'll notice that I have gone back and I've done a little bit of, of what I call Basic Grace 101. We've gone back, we talked about Paul's message, why we teach it, what it's comprised of, uh, why we should never give an inch on holding to its pureness, its radicalness, avoid from any law or, or, or you know, governed by standards of, of religion. So we've laid all that down and there's a couple reasons that I did that and I periodically do that. And I want you to understand because I know that some of you here are, are pros, you're old timers, you're experienced, you got the message nailed. So it might be get, get to be a little bit redundant to you. But I want you to understand, those of you that are with me all the time, that we do have new people coming in every Sunday morning, live, and also watching the YouTubes during the week, Wednesday night. Live, again, we have uh, people that come in for the first time, and I want to make sure they're just, they're just getting familiar with this message. Grace to them is a brand new ball game, brother. And you remember when your eyes were first opened, how, how powerful it was. So I want to make sure these people that are just coming into the message are coming out of the Baptist church, the charismatic church, out of the Presbyterian, the Lutheran, whatever it is. I want to make sure that they get a good foundation in grace. So we need to extend some grace to those of, of uh, us that are new, that this is um, uh, fascinating. We're just getting the, the foundations of it down. So I want to make sure that once in a while we back up and what I call stop the bus and let everybody get on board so that we can go ahead and proceed. The other reason I do it is because once in a while, even though we know the message, we need to hit the refresh button. Even though we understand radical grace, we're radical grace people, we need to be reminded of what we have, what we possess, and what it, we need to be reminded of exactly what it is that we've come out of. But now, we've done that for, for several weeks. Now it's time, I think, to push back out into some deeper waters. It's time to go back out and to explore some things that will, as <clears throat> Hebrews 6.1 in the CEV said, it'll move us beyond some of the basic things that we've learned about this message, that we've learned about Christ, that we've learned about grace. So this morning, I'm, I'm going to do kind of a transitional message. 
I don't want to just jump in real deep water today. I want to do kind of a transitional message to, to, to pave the way for where I want to go in the weeks that are ahead. So I'm going to take you from the basics from the last several weeks. We're going to bridge this morning. Uh, and then next week we'll pick up out, we'll, we'll start to say some things that maybe are new to you. But this morning, let's get our thinking back in gear uh, beyond the things that are basic that we've learned about Christ. Now in, in uh, uh, Luke chapter 17, let me just flip over there real quick. In Luke chapter 17 and verse 20, Jesus said this. He said, the, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. Doesn't come with observation. Not a physical thing that you can see. Nor will they say kingdom or there's the kingdom. For indeed, watch, the kingdom of God is where? It's within you. It is within you. So what I want to talk about this morning is how do you access that kingdom within how do you enter into the kingdom that is within us? So let me draw a quick analogy for you this morning. Uh, I would assume that most of you that are, are watching have access to a computer and you have a working knowledge of a computer or an iPad or a cell phone. I guess you do or you wouldn't be watching, right? So you, you have access to some kind of technical device and you probably possess at least a little working knowledge of the internet. Now, I'm, not, I'm, I'm a zillion miles. I'm a gazillion miles from being a computer geek or, or a whiz on the internet, but I can make orders on Amazon. I'm that proficient. I, I can Google search what I want to Google search, and I've been known to communicate once in a while on Facebook. So I, I've, got, I've got my device. I'm not, not a geek. There's a lot of things I don't understand. I, I try to hook up with people that have a lot more technical knowledge than I do, but I do have some basic understanding. So I said that to just give me a little grace. <laughs> give me a little grace when I draw the analogy. I mean, you know, those of you that are geeks are probably going to say, well, that's not quite technically right. That's not, that's what, but if you have a general knowledge like I do, it's going to make sense to you, okay? So just give me a little grace. I learned something early on about a computer. And honestly, I was the last one when I was pastoring at a brick-and-mortar building, and I had a staff. I was the last one in the entire church staff to get a computer. I, I resisted getting a computer for a long time. Finally, the church staff said, it's time that you got caught up to date. My daughters pushed me into it, and I got a computer, and I learned some things about a computer. I learned right away that if I wanted to enter a certain domain or I wanted to, to be able to get into particular web pages in my computer, that if I wanted to enter into Facebook or Amazon or have access to Google or even email, I learned that there were two things that I needed. First thing I needed was a password, and the second thing I needed was a username. If I didn't have a password and a username, I was blocked out of entering into what I may have a desire to enter into because I didn't have access to it. Now, a password is a word or phrase that has got to be used. You have to be able to use it to gain admission. If you don't have a password, you know, no ticking, no laundry. You can't get into the server. You can't get into the domain if you don't have a password. And then the second thing that you need is a username. A username is a name that uniquely identifies you on a computer system or a domain. So those, those are two key elements that you have to have 
to enter a domain. And we've all probably been frustrated. I have sometimes because I forgot my password or I, didn't, I don't have a password. And you have to have both the password and the username. And when I first got a computer, I would just, I would, <laughs> I would make a different password for everything that I wanted and I didn't, I never recorded it. So when I would go back to the site, I would forget the password, right? I learned right away that what you need to do is basically have a password that you use and then once in a while change it, but only kind of work with one password because you'll never remember if there are all different, different passwords. But once those two things are established, once you establish a password and you understand a username, you can enter the domain, you can gain full access to everything that's on that domain, everything that it offers, all of the knowledge, all of the information, whatever the particular site is that you're going into, you can, you can access if you have the username and you have the password. Now, let me, draw, let me bring this into a realm of the spirit. The Father has a domain that is open to everybody. It's called the king's domain or the kingdom, right? That's what the kingdom is. The kingdom is the king's domain. And in that domain, if you enter into that domain, if you enter into the kingdom, you can find everything that pertains, Peter said, to life and godliness. Your, your supply in the king's domain, you'll discover, is as rich for us as the Garden of Eden was for Adam and Eve. It's, it will take an eternity to, to uh, weave your way through the king's domain, to, to explore everything that is in the domain of, of the king. And all you have to know to enter in to the kingdom, the king's domain, that is, it's within you, we just read Jesus said, to, this kingdom is within you. So if we want to move to this kingdom that is within us, to this domain, we've got to have a password and we have to have a username, right? Or we can't enter in, just like a computer. The Father has set the password for you. Matter of fact, he set the username for you. And he freely shares that password and that username with whosoever. Anybody that wants the password, anyone that wants the username can have access to it to gain entrance into the domain. The password that he has given to you to enter into the domain is Jesus, right? That's the password. Nothing else gets you entrance into the kingdom outside of Jesus. Now, I've tried a lot of passwords in my life. I tried to enter the kingdom with, uh, with works. I tried to use that as a password. I, I tried that one for a long time. Never could really enter in. It was frustrating. I tried religion. I tried law. I tried law for a long time. I would, I would type in, you know, on the computer of my heart, L-A-W. And it, 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 it wouldn't get me in. I tried behavior, behavior modification. I tried holiness. Tried a lot of different passwords. And every time that I would try to enter into this kingdom that was within me with a password other than Jesus, and I didn't really understand that that was the access. I thought I accessed it other ways. Every time the Holy Spirit would type on the screen of my heart, invalid password, Please re-enter. That was frustrating to me. It's, it was as frustrating as it is on a in the natural on the computer when, when you're trying to remember what is the password. You're trying all kinds of things and you just don't 
you're not able to gain entrance. The thing is this, when you come to the end of yourself and you admit that you don't have the password, the spirit of truth will whisper, try Jesus, simply Jesus and nothing else. Now, Scripture gives us some insights into this and really tells us how to get this thing done. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. Let's turn over to Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. Let me read this for you. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 says this. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name. There it is. There's no other name under heaven given among men by which they must be saved. Now let me say something about this word saved. Saved has nothing to do with going to heaven. In fact, now you all check it. I, I have not done a research on this. I just think from knowledge or from trying to reference back. There is no verse in scripture that has the word saved and heaven in the same verse. I don't know of one verse in heaven. We, in religion, we have taken the word saved and we've narrowed it down to what means one thing. That is, go to heaven. If you're saved, then you go to heaven. That's really not what the word saved means. The word saved is the word sozo. And it carries a lot more significance to this. And I want you to understand that once you come into the king's domain, once you get the password down, once you understand the user word, which I'll get to in a minute, but once you got the password down and you know that it's Jesus, simply Jesus, no ad, adds to it, not Jesus plus something. Uh, you don't have to add any letters or numbers past Jesus to have entrance into the kingdom. There's no other name given under heaven by which men can be sozoed. And, and that word sozoed means this. It, it means that you can enter into the domain and find healing, prosperity, welfare, soundness, safety, preservation, wholeness. All of those things are available to you in the now when you enter into the king's domain and you, have, you understand what the access password is when it's simply Jesus. Jesus gave us an insight into what he considered to be salvation or to be saved. Right? Saved. Let me say it again. Saved is not synonymous with your ticket to go to heaven. Saved is everything that Jesus has fully, freely provided for us through grace, through the death, burial, and resurrection of himself. Healing, prosperity, welfare, soundness, safety, preservation, wholeness. All of those you discover when you come into the king's domain. Jesus said... In Luke chapter 4, he gave us some insight in, actually into what saved encompasses. And this is what you discover when you come into the king's domain. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. <clears throat> what is good news to the poor? Good news to the poor is you don't have to be poor no more. When you come into the kingdom, you can discover ways that you don't have to be poor no more. This is, this is what Jesus... This to Jesus is what saved is about. Because in, in what he said he came to do, what he was anointed to do, is that wholeness, it's that preservation, it's the soundness, it's the healing. This is what he came to deliver to us, not give us a ticket to heaven. So he said the first thing he's anointed to do is preach the gospel to the poor. This is part of salvation. Heal the brokenhearted. Proclaim liberty to the captives. Recovery of sight to the blind. Set at liberty to those that are oppressed. And to proclaim the acceptable year or the year of jubilation. That's what he's getting at here. The, the acceptable year to the Lord, of the Lord. He closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, 
The eyes of all those were on him. And he said, listen, listen to this. He said, today, this scripture, you're entering into this. You're coming into this kingdom. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. He's saying then, look, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the password. And today you can enter into, and you can find all of these things that I've just been talking about. Now, in addition to that, the Father also has given us a username. Password is good. But if you don't have a username, you're still stymied from entering in. All right, now, so what's the, what's the username? First John chapter 4, verse 17 gives us the username. I taught on this verse of Scripture for a whole year in, in, the, in the, uh, middle 90s. And nobody, I'd never really heard that verse before. Now, I, now, every week I hear it multiples of times because the Spirit of Truth is bringing this to the forefront, showing us, look, this is your username. And you remember what a username is? A username, let me go back. A username is a name that uniquely identifies you on a computer system or a domain. 1 John chapter 4, verse 17 says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. All right, now here's going to come your username. Because as he is, so am I in this present world. So what is your username? Your username is, I am as Jesus. That's the username. Password is Jesus. Simple. J-E-S-U-S. -S. You always have to have at least five letters to have a password. You got them. J-E-S-U-S. The username is this. This is your unique identity. This is what gives you identity in the king's domain that allows you to, to, to move through and understand what, is, what all is there for you present now in this domain, in the kingdom. I am as Jesus. So the username now is beginning to identify you as him and him as you. And as you come into realization of how complete you actually are in him and how he identifies with you, you're going to find that a lot of your surfing in this domain comes alive for you. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9 says that in him, in Jesus, dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Verse 10 says that, and you are complete in him. So what's, what's the username? I am as Jesus. That means that you're perfect, you're complete, you can stand strong in that completeness because you have a unique identity. You have a username that makes you unique in the kingdom. All right, so here's what we've established. Here's what I want you to have as of right now. I want you to accept the basic premise of function in the kingdom, the domain of the king, all right? The password is Jesus. No other attempted password will work. The username is I am as Jesus. That fixes your unique identity and ties you to Christ in all of us as all of us. Now, as you gain access into this domain, all right, you, you, you plug in the, the, the password, you plug in the username, I am as Jesus. Now, you're going to want to begin to successfully navigate this domain and to get out of it everything that you can possibly get, all of the, the revelation, all of the understanding, all of the truth that you can get out of the king's domain. Now you got the password, you got the username. Let me give you two insights that will allow you now, as you surf the domain, 
as you come into healing, prosperity, as you come into wholeness and freedom, let me give you two insights that will help you to get the most out of the domain that you can possibly get, all right? Number one is this. You need to set aside, when you come into the domain, you need to set aside everything that you know and begin brand new. <clears throat> now that's probably too heavy for some of you. You need to set aside everything that you know or think you know and, let, and, and begin to rebuild your spiritual understanding brand new. Now there's, there's, a, there's kind of a fallacy, and the fallacy is this, that if we just knew more, we could do more and be more. Let me tell you something. It's, it's not what you don't know that's holding you back in the king's domain. What's holding you back in the king's domain is what you think you know because what you think you know is filled with little strains and fragments of air and those little strains and fragments of air in what you think you know create the disharmonies that we face in life. <clears throat> you can't give up one without the other. You can't give up the little strains and the little, uh, little niches that are, are not so and are not true unless you give up everything, you give up the whole ball of wax, so to speak. The Spirit of Truth wants to teach you afresh. He wants to teach you anew. But in order for Him to do that, you have to let go of all of it. Everything that you think you know. Old things, good things, bad things, all of it must pass away. Paul experienced this. In Philippians chapter 3, Paul went through this very thing. In Philippians chapter 3, let's pick up there and let's go down verses 7 through 13. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 7. Paul says this, he said, what things were gained to me? He says, those that I counted lost for Christ. So he's saying, I, I had to lose everything to gain more. Boy, that's a, that's a principle of the king's domain. You have... You have to lose in order to gain. Now he goes on in verse 8 and he says, Yes, I counted everything, I counted all things loss. I just wiped the slate clean. I cleared the deck. I counted everything loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I suffered the loss of <clears throat> all things, and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God, or the righteousness of God that comes by faith. That I may know him in the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering. Paul is saying, I, <clears throat> I had to dump all of this out so that I could retake it all back in. And that's the way you function in the king's domain. You have to take it all out let it all go so that he can come now and refresh it and fill it all back in. Now let's, let me just keep reading on. So now he's starting to fill back up again. He says, brethren, I do not count myself, verse 13, to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, he said, I reach forth to the things that are ahead. Now when Paul walked out into the desert, after he had that initial encounter with Jesus, after Paul walked out into the desert, he walked out into the desert not knowing anything. He had to give up all of his knowledge that he had accumulated, all of the education that he had, 
he had to let it go. There were probably things that Paul, that Paul knew that were truth, but he had to let it go. When you give up, let me say this, when you give up the truth that you think you know, what you're actually doing is emptying your consciousness, at least temporarily, you're emptying your consciousness, at least temporarily, in preparation for a greater influx of revelation and a greater influx of truth. Now here's what I've discovered in my life. It was all of the perceived knowledge and understanding that I had that created all of the filters through which I took or tried to take new understanding in through that produced all of the prejudices and the hindrances that I encountered. It held me back from spiritual consciousness and spiritual revelation. <clears throat> it wasn't until I was willing to say, I let it all go. I come in as a child. And I just have a heart to learn. I have ears to hear, eyes to see. I let all of those things go. We are co-creating our life with Him. That co-creation comes as we are consciously seeking change in our hearts and in our minds. So if I want to go to a, a higher consciousness, if I want to raise the vibrational level of my life, if I want to capture the transcendent living, I've got to give up everything that men have filled my head with. The books, the CDs, the YouTube videos, all of it. Clear the deck. And once I clear the deck, I can accept new inflow of the Spirit into my life. Now here's, here's what you'll find. A lot of the things that you had before, will, the Spirit will give back to you. But He will, he will take those little fragments of air and wrong perceptions, he will remove those as he brings truth back to you that maybe once you held, that you clung to, that was right, that was good, that was right on target. But letting it go, coming to a consciousness where you let it all go for a period of time and let him add back what he wants to add back, what that does, it eliminates all of the filters, the mindsets, and the prejudices that hindered us. Isaiah said, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to the things that are ahead of us. He said, I'm doing a new thing. He said, I'm going to make a stream in the desert and a road through the forest. Now, he can't instruct you how to do that if you already think you know how to build highways and create man-made rivers. It's impossible. But once you let go of what, how you think it should be done, then he can show you how it can be done from him. So we're, what we're doing here is we're bringing our focus and security totally to Him. And that, that positions us now to advance and to grow in the domain of the King. All right? Now there's one other thing that's necessary. As you start to come through this, this domain, as you enter in through Jesus, got your, 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 your username down, your understanding that I am as Jesus... Second thing is this, that helps you navigate through this domain and pick up what you need to pick up. You've got to know intimately the Father brand new. You've got to come to where you know Him anew. You, got, you have to get a big picture of Him, get a big vision. He's above all, He's greater than all. 
He's, he's, he's stronger than all of creation. He's, he's spirit. He's truth. He alone is the great light of love and life. He is. And outside of him, nothing exists. You, got to, you, have, to, you have to come into that understanding and that relationship with him. For all is God and God is all. That's what Paul was, was, was delivering to the church in, in Colossae. In chapter 1 and verse 16, he was saying this. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, principalities, and powers, all things were created for him and through him and for him. Watch. And he is above all things. And in him everything consists. If you're, gonna, if you're really going to pull out of the king's domain, really going to enter into the kingdom and pull it all out, you have to understand that you never existed ever apart from him. In him, everything consists. Nothing is outside the bounds of him. He doesn't stop somewhere and something else begin. Now what, what we have done it's, it's this misunderstanding of the Father that has kept the entire world. It's kept generations in chaos and turmoil, thousands of years. What, what we've done, we have perfected a God in our, in our religiously perceived image and likeness. We created a God how we think He is. And so as we come into the domain, we come into the King's domain, we have to, we have to un, come in and intimately see him anew for how he really is. We're the ones that pronounced him both love and fear, both good and evil. It's, it's, it's like we kind of force-fed him from the tree that we ate from and then believed that he acted like us from our lower nature, that he was filled with anger and revenge and demanded worship and obedience. And because... Because we would look at that as if we didn't give it to him, it would only be just that he torture us eternally. We, we, we tag that onto him. That God that we created out of, the, out of the, the perceptions of our own mind that religion created and we made him of our image and likeness, that God has produced dysfunctional lives and has become a mental health hazard to thousands of people. That makes him nothing like Jesus. When we come into the kingdom, then we need to fill our consciousness. We need to fill our minds with the Father that is the one power of life. There is no power but Him. He is the one good. He is the love, the creative intelligence. And until we can uh, uh, come into that intimacy anew with Him and begin to see Him for all that He is, we will never have our identity as divinity. In other words, you'll never know who you are. You come through the king's domain. You're surfing around. You're, you're reading the Bible. You're taking all of this in. The Spirit of God is speaking. You will never know who you are until you get a strong handle on who he is. God is. And outside of him, nothing exists. Nothing can live. Nothing can move. Nothing can have their being apart from him. Your being, your life, your mind, all that you are, they are inseparable from oneness with him. Paul was telling us that in Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and verse 39. 
He's saying that nothing can separate us. Powers, dominions, rulers. Nothing is able to ultimately separate us from the love of God. The love is his essence. It's, the, it's, it's who he is. And we have to fill our consciousness with that. There's no place he leaves off than where something else begins. What God does, look, he individualizes <clears throat> or he tailors himself or shows through himself as our true self. You want to know who you are? Get a right picture of him. Now, because we've created a wrong picture of God, we have become like the God that we created. Think about this. God created us in his image and likeness. And what did we do? We returned the favor. We created him in our image and likeness. Then we expected him to act like we act. So if you're going to really surf the king's domain and come into the kingdom and pull all of it that you can, you might have the username, you might have the password. But until, first of all, you're willing to give up all that you know, all that you perceive, lay it down, let it go. And let the spirit of truth begin to build it all back into your life again without the little strains, without the little fragments that are incorrect. And the only way that I know that you can do that is to let it all go. That's what Paul did. He said, everything I've gained, I had to first count as loss. Once I counted as loss, it came back as a gain. And then we've got to begin to fill our consciousness to get all we can out of the domain with the understanding of that, how big God is, that he is all in all. That there's one God and Father of all who's above all, through all, and there's one Father of all. That's what Paul said. When you walk into the domain by the password and the username, you're going to have to throw down your nets. You're going to have to leave the tax collecting table. You're going to have to give up everything you know, everything you had security in. And you're going to have to walk into this domain and follow him as a child, innocently wanting to learn, innocently wanting to pick it all back up again. Amen? So let me say this in conclusion. <clears throat> let me say this in conclusion. To know the Father anew, we need to dismiss every image of God as an entity that is in any way, shape, form, or degree separate from us. This is where the Spirit of God is taking us right now. And we're going to, as we move into the weeks ahead, you got to get this down. These two facts. You're going to have to let some knowledge leave. You're going to have to let go of things. But you're going to have to know Him anew. You're, any sense of, of being separate. This is, this is solid gold. We will never get where we're going in the weeks ahead if you feel any separation. You have to fill your consciousness with His presence. All right, so we dismiss, we release him as a demander of human judgment and punishment. We release, we dismiss any understanding we have of him as a jealous master, an angry ruler. We get rid of the idea that he's a God that we have to beg and petition for gifts and favors and attention. We let all of that go. We have to come to know him anew intimately. And so we begin to embrace that the Father is the only absolute one that is full of goodness, that he is the creator of the entire cosmos that is full of light and love, 
that he is fully absent of any concept of sin or punishment. There is no part of him that recognizes sin. He has dealt with it and eliminated it from our consciousness, hopefully. Hopefully now you're coming into sun consciousness and you have left sin consciousness behind. Some of the knowledge that you hold on to, if you don't let it all go, has little strains of sin consciousness. Still little things that you think, man, if I didn't pray today to read my Bible today, if I, if I, if I got ticked off in traffic because a guy cut me off, or all the little strains that you think about, you're gonna, they're going to be flashbacked. They're, they're going to they're push your buttons. You have to let all of that sweep out, all of that sweep out. Now that might be attached to some pretty doggone good beliefs, but you let all of that go, at least temporarily. You flush your consciousness out, you let him fill it up, and we begin to embrace a God that is full of goodness. Because the domain that we have entered, through the password of Jesus and nothing else, that's what's so beautiful about this message we teach. It is, it is Christocentric. It is Christ-centered. It is not rule-centered, standard-centered, church-centered, religion-centered, behavior-centered. It is Jesus-centered. That's why he's the password. We've entered through the password Jesus. We've got this username down, I am as Jesus, which now we understand the unique identity that we have in this domain. That he is as us and we are as him. I am as Jesus in the domain and this kingdom of peace and plenty, we begin to discover that this life now, this life now, not in heaven, not, we're not looking to leave out of here, we're not looking to leave before breakfast. We're talking about a life now that is designed and destined to be enjoyed to the fullness the Creator designed it and destined us to live in. Amen? All right, now, Next week, we're going to add on to this. I'm not calling this a series because um, when I do a series and I get in several parts, people that are, don't want to start at part 10 and they don't want to look at part 10 because they think if they don't watch all the other nine parts, you know. So I'm, it's kind of going to be a protracted series, but I'm going to rename each, each teaching separately, all right? Next week, I want to talk to you about something that we have got to release God from. We've got to free him from if we're going to have real kingdom truth begin to come into us and we're going to begin to mature as sons. I want to talk about maturity as sons and what all that involves in the weeks that are ahead. We're going to move to that, toward that measure the stature of the fullness of Christ. But today it's, under, it's imperative that you understand that you've entered into a king's domain through the, through the password Jesus and the username I am as Jesus, you understand is you have to flush everything out of your consciousness that you've held dear and true. Doesn't mean the Spirit won't give it back to you, but there are little strains and fragments of air that are in it, and the only way we can let go of those little strains and fragments is to clear the deck, let Him fill us brand new, and second of all, we have to begin to have intimacy with the Father on a big basis, understand who He is and that He has embraced us in all His creation into Himself. He has taken us and brought us into His life. Now, with that background, we're going to look at something really good next week. So make sure you're with me at the Digital Cathedral next Sunday morning, same time, same place. And Wednesday night, we'll talk about this just a little bit more. So I'll see you Wednesday night, next Sunday. You have a great week. Be blessed. 
and know how loved you really are. See you then.